Today's sermon is entitled, He Always Comes Through. He always comes through, so be thankful. He always comes through, so be thankful. I struggle with the pending things in my life. And because they are pending, meaning they have yet to manifest, I'm less likely to be thankful. Watch this. I, because some things I'm waiting on God for, I'm not as inclined to be thankful for it. But what about the things that have been completed? Shouldn't I be thankful for those? I know that oftentimes, because I'm so focused on the future, that's going to make a difference in the sermon, pay attention, because I'm so focused on the future and what hasn't happened or what I am aspiring toward, I forget to be thankful. Watch this. Because I said the things that I'm waiting for, the things that are pending, I'm not thankful for. So if I continually look to the future, I'm not going to be very grateful because I'm waiting on them. So how do I learn to be grateful? Because, you know, we've said, and I've even preached, you don't want to live your life focusing on the past. You want to live your life thinking forward. Okay, but if I'm thinking forward, and forward is is things that are yet to happen, things that are to be revealed. Watch this, this is important. If I keep looking that way, I'm less likely to be grateful because stuff hasn't happened yet. But this is how I see the Old Testament and the New Testament. Much of the Old Testament are things that have been fulfilled. Listen. So when we talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament, read the Old Testament, read the Old Testament from the perspective of mostly history in, in the terms that things have already happened. But the New Testament, listen, has a slew of things that have yet to be done. There's a whole book of Revelation that things that are yet to be done. There's apocalyptic literature that talks about things yet to be done. Even in the Old Testament, there are some, but most of the Old Testament has been completed. But the New Testament, there, uh, there are promises from Jesus. There are promises from God that have yet to occur. He promises to do things for us now while we're living on earth. So the New Testament has a slew of things yet to be done. And if you're not careful because we're waiting on them, we are more likely to be ungrateful. The reality is we are living in the New Testament. And because we're living in the New Testament, the New Testament is, unf is unfolding. So daily, as I talked about last week, wisdom is being revealed. We are now in a progressive period. The Old Testament is done. 
There is a new testament. There's a new will and testament built around Jesus the Christ. The Old Testament was built around the law. The New Testament is built around Christ. And Christ is ever being unfolded. He is being revealed. That's the purpose of the book of Revelation in the New Testament. It's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. He is unfolding right now as we speak. Jesus is unfolding, meaning that life right now is anticipatory. It is being revealed progressively as we live it. So I learned that rather than not be thankful by focusing on the pending things in my life, I can reassure myself of what God has already done and be thankful now. So a key, a little trick I, I'm using is I use the Old Testament to see what God has done and I use that to be thankful for while things are yet pending. Uh, watch this. Here's what happens. Sometimes when you go to the hamburger stand, if they're cooking your hamburger fresh, not this, you know, these quick, you know, you order it, it's already sitting on the thing. I'm talking about like, you know, the, the old places that'll make it for you right there. If you order the burger, they'll give you a drink. They'll say, here's your drink now. And I drink that drink and I'm, mm, mm, thank you for my drink. Oh, I'm, I'm satisfied because something has been fulfilled. I'm okay. They give you the drink to help you wait for your burger. Oh, you're going to miss it. Oh, you're going to miss it. So he gives you, he gives you something in the Old Testament to help you wait for the stuff in the New Testament. And if you don't know what God has done for you already, nah then you'll be waiting impatiently, grumpily, frustratedly. Those aren't really words, but I'm, I'm adding the L-Y for the adverb. But you'll be waiting in a discontented position because things haven't happened the way you wanted them to. So I've learned how to reflect on what God has done while not living there but focusing on what is yet ahead as it is unfolding in real time, I'm thankful for what God has done because the fact that I know what God has done tells me that he will do what I'm waiting for. Ah, uh, you're not tracking with me. The fact is, if I know he came through before, he's going to come through again. So in essence, I'm using what God has done to fuel my praise for what he is doing and will do. So in this Thanksgiving series or uh, week, this period we're going to enjoy this week, we have to think about what God has done. And because we know what he has done, we know what he will do. And I found a passage that just leaped off the pages, the pahina, the papellus, for me to be reminded that God comes through. And he comes through on everything. Somebody say amen. 
And guess where this passage is? It talks about that God came through. Guess where it is? It's in the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament makes clear of what God has already done. Let's look at this passage. The first passage I want to reveal to you is in Joshua 21, verses 43 through 45. The text says, So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them, the Lord handed all their enemies over to them. Now, here's the passage that jumped off the pages. Watch this. This is incredible. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. I want you to ponder that for a moment. There's not one thing that God promised to the house of Israel that failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. So the sermon topic is, he always comes through. He always comes through. So be thankful. So if he always comes through, we can make that declaration because we know in the Old Testament, there's not one thing that God promised that he didn't fulfill. So he always comes through. So be thankful. So in this passage, we must learn to praise God for what he said. Look at verse 43. The text says, so the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers. So notice, he swore to do something for them. Verse 44 said, the Lord gave them rest on every side, just he had sworn to their forefathers. So we learn to praise God for what he said. There are some things that God said to us in 2022 or 2021 or 2019 that we can't go back and correct. God had to fulfill what he said. So we praise God for what he says before we even see it done. Why? Because we have the assurance that whatever he says, he's going to do. If God says it, it will come to pass. And what are we basing that on? We're basing it on the Old Testament. We're basing our future on the Old Testament. That not one thing that God said failed. It all came to pass. So his words are like oaths. Watch this, Tabitha. God's words are like oaths. That's why the text said what he swore to Israel. So in other words, when God speaks, it's like a judgment in the court with a gavel. It's like an oath that he makes that he cannot recant. Whatever he says becomes binding to us. In other words, that's why the scripture talks like, thus saith the Lord, or the Lord hath decreed. 
In other words, because the Lord, what the Lord says has weight. So we ought to be thankful because God speaks. We ought to be thankful that when the devil starts messing with us or when we're sick or when we're going through certain times or periods, God speaks. I had a dream last night uh, in my, about my son and he was in trouble at school, uh, but unjustly. Uh, the kids were picking on him, calling him Potato. They were saying his name was Potato. Why? I don't know. Just just go with me. Just roll with this. Don't Don't make no jokes. But they called him Potato and they were going to expel him. And everybody around him was saying that he was the one causing the problem. But I came to the school and I spoke up for him. Do you get what I'm saying? I met with the supervisor and I said, I'm going to the board of education. I said, if if the principal don't want to move, the supervisor doesn't want to move. This is unjust. I'm speaking up. So we ought to be thankful for when God speaks up because when he speaks, uh, it's like an oath. It is binding. It is like a contract that has been signed with his own blood. Uh, Listen to what I'm saying. So we thank God that he's always saying something because where there is no speech, it means nothing changes. Oh, listen to this. Where there's no speech, nothing is ordered. Where you don't speak up, nobody knows how you feel. Nobody knows what you want. Try to order that hamburger by going to the counter and not saying anything. The person at the counter will say, may I help you? May I help you? May I help you? And when you don't say anything, what do they say? Next. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. In other words, there are oaths, there are statements, there are promises that are binding that come with what we speak. In other words, that's why what we speak ought to bring manageable balance to our lives. That the things that we say should make decisions and choices that help to keep our lives manageable and within balance. Well, what did he swear to them? He swore to them, he swore to them that I would give you land. So look at 43, he says, the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers. He said, I'm gonna give you some land. And so when God speaks, we're thankful for him speaking. But I I thank God, I thank God. Thank you for what you said. Um, I I know Joy likes when I tell her I love her. I'm making a declaration. I'm making an oath. I love you. But she likes it more when I give her a bracelet or when I give her some shoes or shoes. And when I give her, uh, you know, some, she just like money, you know. But if I give her something tangible, it becomes hers. If you speak something, it it sets the parameters for what you're able to do or give. God, don't miss this. I'm trying to say that God speaks because it sets the platform for what he can provide, what he can do. And so we're thankful. If I hear God speak, if I, if I know he speaks, what he spoke, I know is coming. Do you get what I'm saying? So I can I can therefore apply it that in the Old Testament, if I know what he has done, I can be confident and thankful now that what he has done in the past, he will do in the future. So he gave the land in the sense of ownership. He gave value. 
What he gives you becomes a place to call home, a place to reside, a place of establishment. He gives you something you can possess and dwell. Our words present things that people can grab a hold on. So God never speaks without getting a result from what he says. God doesn't just utter chatter. God doesn't just speak regalia. God speaks with purpose and intention. And so when you have the assurance or the possession of the value of what he says, uh, this is another sermon talking about valuing not the car you got, but but really the value is in the words that spoke to give it. Ah, God. So we value people's words. And that's why we demand a certain level of respect before I even give what my kids are asking for. You come to me with respect because my words, oh man, you're going to miss this. Watch this now. So in 44, 44, he says, the Lord gave them rest on every side. So he also gave them rest on every side, just he has sworn to the forefathers. He gave them land and he also gave them rest. So watch this now. You rest in what you possess. So God speaks it. The result comes from what he spoke and then you rest in what is giving. And so this is why I'm saying again, when we're waiting on it or when we're thinking anticipatorily for something, we're less inclined to rest and be thankful. So what I'm trying to teach you this Thanksgiving is to know that God's words, what he has spoken, has value enough to result in what you need. So rest in thanksgiving. If you don't possess it, there is a constant restlessness. Uh, for instance, uh, if you uh, have something on credit and you're buying towards owning it, you have the constant restlessness of meeting the 30-day payment obligation. Uh, but when they give you the, the deed or when they give you the pink slip or when they give you the certificate of ownership, what happens? You Ah, rest. When the IRS says to you, you've completed your payments back in debt, what happens? You rest. So Thanksgiving ought not be a time of tension and anxiety, discontentment and confusion. It ought to be a time where we can appreciate his rest. So there is what This is what I mean by things pending uh, that keep you anxious. But God swore, he swore to their fathers that not only would I give you land, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you time to enjoy what you own. Who wants something from God, but you can't enjoy it? I talk about this all the time where you finally find the one you love, but you won't enjoy the one you love because of your past relationships have scared you into suspicion. God says, I'm not giving you stuff for you to worry about. I didn't bless you with the house to, for you to worry about the payment. If I gave you the house, I'll give you the payment. Whatever God gives you, it comes with rest. Never mind. Uh, So the last part of 44 says, 
It says, not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. So the text said, God gave them land. He gave them rest and he gave them victory over their enemies. So God gave, listen, so God spoke it. God gave the promise and then he gave them rest in it. And said, not only do you not have to worry about the payment for it, but you don't have to worry about nobody taking it from you. Oh, man. How about this Thanksgiving? We sit at this table and not worry about who we owe and not worry about who's coming to take whatever. How about we be thankful for what we know God has done? And you ain't even got to go back to the Old Testament. Just go back to January. Go back to March. And think about what God did for you. I know it went all the way down to the last 30 days. I know you got a few pink slips. I know they threatened to put you out, but God, come on, but God, I wish I had a few people would celebrate him online. God gives you victory over those who come to possess what he has given you. I thought they got blessed and rested. Well, no, they got blessed. They got the promised land and they had to fight to possess the land. So the rest came as God continually gave them victory over their opponents. So God said, here's the promised land. Go in and possess it. So in other words, God, watch this. So even though you don't even possess all the territory because God spoke it and said it's yours, <laughs> the victory is already yours. You can be thankful. And so because they understood that, they said, we have the victory. It is ours. It is ours now. Even though we're taking it over, we're taking it over because we know it is ours. And so when you sit there knowing that you still have have a mortgage. No, when you're eating that turkey and you know you have rent, you eating that, you eating those cranberry sauce and them dressings, you're eating it and you're sitting there worrying about, you're wondering about, uh, the kids got to go to school. I got to, you sit there knowing God gave it to you. In other words, the life that you sit in, if you've been walking by God's direction, this is what he gave you. And God didn't give you anything for you to lose it. Yeah, so this is the clincher. Verse 45 says this. It says, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone is fulfilled. So verse 45 says, there wasn't one thing that God had promised or swore to them that he didn't fulfill. Everything he said came to pass. He gave them land. He gave them rest and gave them victory. But note, not every area, as I said, had been conquered, yet he had given it to them. He delivered the goods, but it will be taken gradually because it is already done. So whatever God says, it's going to come to pass. And sometimes our unfaithfulness to stick to the plan delays God's orders. Because we get antsy, because what he's revealing to us in the New Testament, in the progressiveness of our life, because it's not working the way we think it should, we go off course and it delays the manifestation. Just like Abraham, Abraham, God said to Abraham, you're going to have a baby by Sarah. 
Well, Abraham said, you're taking too long, God. And he had a baby with Hagar. And God said, nope, 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 nope. I didn't say, nope. I said of your own, see, your own loin with your own wife's. He said, I'm going to give you a child. But because he did that, it delayed, it created problems in the family. So he remains faithful. God remains faithful even when we don't remain faithful. But remember, the Old Testament is all about fulfillment. So don't miss this. We're in the Old Testament. All of that is about fulfillment. But what about the New Testament? The New Testament is hopeful. I want you to see the things pending as hopeful. That tomorrow is a hopeful day. It's a hopeful. Who sings it? Faith. Faith Evans sings it. She sings the song. Hopeful. I'm hopeful. I can't remember how I just played on my CD. The tomorrow is hopeful of what we will, of what he will fulfill. So let's look at some passages that are going to help us understand that. Check this out. In the New Testament, Luke 145, Jesus talking about referencing Mary. He says, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. So look at that. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be what? Accomplished. So notice, in the New Testament, the Bible says, blessed is the one who believes at this Thanksgiving. Uh, but why do we believe? Why do we believe? We, why do we believe? Because We believe because we've seen him accomplish what he said he would do before. So the text refers to Mary. She was blessed because she believed God would do what he said. Now, this was the impossible. God told Mary, you're going to have a baby. Mary hadn't even had relations with nobody. She hadn't even had had relations with Joseph. How in the world am I going to have a baby? But Mary believed it because she knew that what God said is going to happen. So the text says she was blessed because she believed God and what he would do is said. So this Thanksgiving, when you sit at the table, you are blessed if you believe your future. Oh man, don't miss this. Listen, so you worried. Change your worry about tomorrow into the perspective that God can do whatever he said he would do. Look at the next verse. Let's go. Moving fast now. Philippians 1 and 6. The text says, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The first passage said you were blessed. The second passage says there's a level of confidence that you sit at that table and eat turkey with. There's a level of confidence. He says you're confident knowing that whatever God started in your life, he's going, in other words, God didn't start 2022 in January with the hopes that you're not going to finish well. We talked last week that Jesus said, God said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. In other words, to to get you to your expected or desired end, I want Christians to stand up and say, my God is able and not allow the fears of the world to condemn you or to put you in a catastrophic, depressive state to where you don't think powerfully, uh, positively about your future. My future is bright and it's pending. Yes, some things are pending. It's, a, it's on the accounts receivable. Come on, any accountants on 
line. It's on the accounts receivable. It's coming. But I know it's coming because what I asked for last month, all you got to do is think about the year January, February. Y'all keep getting short-sighted. You stuck on November and what God ain't done for you lately. I'm sorry, Janet Jackson. That don't work this time. What has he done for you? Stop it. Go back to Jan- Go back to February, March. Just think about this year. What has God done for you that he came through on? That's the title of this message. He always comes through. So be thankful. Whatever he begins, he's going to carry out. How does God begin things though? But here's the thing, Joy. How does God begin things? He begins things by speaking it. He begins it by speaking it. Like in the beginning, what does the text say? God said, let there be light and what? There was light. So what we must learn to do, Sharon, is get a grip on what God has said. Because whatever he says is as good as done. Check this one out. This is now Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not become weary. Man, Shana, man, I'm about to walk off the screen. I'm walking, just go sit down in the chair in the kitchen. Listen, he says, let us not become weary in doing good. You know, while we're waiting, things are pending. For at the proper time, we will what? Reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so I'm talking to somebody who's on the verge of not enjoying Thanksgiving because you got too many things pending. I've got a doctor's report pending. I've got a bill that's due pending. I need a new car. It's pending. I'm waiting on a new job. It's pending. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due time you're going to reap if you don't give up. So sit at the Thanksgiving table. Lick your chops and have your turkey. Or if you don't have turkey, all you can have is a ham sandwich or a cup of noodles, whatever it is, you eat it like it's the feast of God. That God is going, this dinner represents what God will do. It is the Thanksgiving memory of what I know God has done for me. It means that I know he will do what I need him to do. People only give up. People only give up when they stop believing. You can't give up on what God said because what God said will come to pass. So the New Testament is full of anticipatory amalgamations of things that God has said. I'll say that again. Anticipatory amalgamations of things that God said. Just read the New Testament and you will read many things God said he will do for us. They haven't happened yet, but because some of it hasn't been done, we aren't appreciative and we think it's not going to happen. God hasn't answered my prayer. I prayed that things would get better. I prayed that this would change. Well, keep on praying because if God said he was going to fix it, it's going to happen. So don't you put your head down and wallow in tears. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage for he shall strengthen your heart. Well, you may be asking, but what does this have to do with Thanksgiving, PC? I got to wrap this up. Well, let's put ourselves in the Israel shoes for Israelite shoes for a moment. Let's say God gave us some land. Watch this now. Watch this, uh, Cynthia. Or, or, or Tony, how about you, Tony? How about this? Let's say God gave us some land, uh, and 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 we, you know, we owns it. We own it. We got some house and some land. Uh, let's say. With that land came some rest, and with that rest came some victory over our ops. You know that that's the new word for oppositions that's going around. God, God, God gave you victory over your ops. He says, "What? What? 
do you think your response would be, Tony? If I gave you, if I gave you land, if I gave you 40 acres, if I gave you some land, rest from it, meaning you ain't got to worry about payments, and then victory over all your surrounding enemies, what do you think your response is going to be? You're going to be thank, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, chair, thank you, thank you, friend, thank you, thank you, thanks, that, right? So when you get what God has said, the natural inclination is to be thankful. So let's be people in Josh, let's be the people in Joshua for a moment. What has God promised us that he has fulfilled? What can we be thankful for that not one thing he has promised has not come to pass? So ask yourself, what is the equivalent for me in 2022 that equates to land. In other words, what has God given me to own, given me value, given me to possess? I know something's on your list. Go through it. Don't lie to me. Don't don't sit up here and play. Hey, God ain't done nothing for me. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. I'm telling you, God has given you something you own, something you possess. If it's a bar of soap, he gave it to you, possess it. If it's a Gatorade, he gave it to you to possess it. If he gave you a coat you're wearing, you got some new tennis shoes or a new shoestring or some band-aids. Yeah, I put a band-aid on my finger last night, so that's why I'm using it. You got a band-aid. It's yours to possess. What is he giving you to possess? What kind of rest has he given you? Put your, I'm not saying you got to go back to the Old Testament I'm talking about. Think about what you've rested from. What are you not worrying about anymore? What has God done for you that is off your list? it. what is off your list? What is equivalent to victory? What enemy do you not have to worry about? I can tell you, let me testify. I used to go to the mailbox scared. I wouldn't go because I was always looking for a threatening letter. I was looking for something from an attorney. I was looking for somebody asking for more money. But now after so many years, I realized that letter ain't coming. (laughs) Because God had given me victory over some enemies. Oh man, I don't go to court as much as I used to back in the day. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful. So we have to see the Old Testament as the promises fulfilled. You have to see uh, spring of this year as a promises fulfilled. You have to see last month as a promise fulfilled and the New Testament as promises to be fulfilled based on the fact that whatever he did in the past, he's going to do in the future. Look at this. Look at Isaiah 20, 12, 4 and 5. This is how I'm going to tie it in. This is how I know. He says in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, he says, in that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations, what? Underline it right here, what he has done. Well, what's your response? Go back to top of four. In that day, you will say, what? Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Look at verse five. Sing to the Lord, for he has what? Done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. So when you sit at that Thanksgiving table and it comes around to you to say what you're thankful for, you say, I'm thankful for the things he has done. He gave me things to possess. He gave me ownership of some stuff. He gave me rest. Hallelujah. He gave me victory over my enemies. Don't start crying, PC. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Because knowing the old... 
knowing the old has been done makes me grateful for what I know he will do. It lets us know the new is going to be done too. If he took care of you last year, he's going to take care of you this year. So be thankful. He says in that day, you will say, well, what day? Let's put ourselves in this. What day? Thursday. Thanksgiving day. You will say, what? Thank you. I will give thanks for the things he has done. I will give his name glory for the glory. What did the text say? The text said, let the world know it. So don't walk around silent and quiet. Open your mouth and speak the thanksgiving of God. Give thanks to the Lord. Make known what he has done. Tell people what God did for you. Sing to his name the glorious things he's done. Let the world know about but wait, but wait, wait, Tia, one more, one more, Psalm 107, 1 through 3 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever, let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, here it is, verse 3, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south, he says, give thanks, for he is good, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So the text says, let the redeemed of the Lord say, so are you redeemed? Have you been redeemed by the blood of the lamb? We used to sing that old hymn, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the lamb. If you're redeemed, say so. Who are the redeemed? Who are the redeemed? The ones he made promises to and he kept them. If he's done something for you this year, he did it because you've been redeemed and you ought to say something. If God did what he said and he met his promises, not a one thing failed in your life. And I guarantee you, if you think about over your life, there's not one time that God has failed you. But you have failed God many times. You give him thanks, not because it didn't go the way you didn't want to go the way you didn't want to, because you messed it up, not God. The problem is not God. The problem is you. He gives these promises to the ones he gave the land and the rest and the victory to the ones he has yet promised things to you're redeemed if you got accounts receivable you're redeemed if he spoke something to you God ain't speaking to people if you're not redeemed if he's saying something about your future you ought to celebrate it so here are on this Thanksgiving day we must ask ourselves what are the things that we can be thankful for we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we can be thankful for? Jana, Lou, Grizz, Tony, Tabitha, Cynthia, Sharon, Tia, Cousin Kevin, Joyce, Sharon, you have to ask yourself, let me go through the list. What can I be thankful for right now? So here on this Thanksgiving day, we must know in our minds and be clear. So I'm going to give you a list of some things to help jog your memory.
memory because you might be sitting there. Let me think. You ain't got time to think. Thanksgiving is right upon us. And it starts today with knowing what God has said. So here's a list of major ones. And I want you to watch these videos and I want you to reflect and I want you to make it personal. And I'm going to talk you through this reflection of how good God has been. Listen up. What are some things that God has done already that you can be thankful for? And knowing that to be true, we are thankful for the presence of God. We are thankful for his promise to be there with us. He came through. We're thankful because he promised us hope. And now abideth hope, faith, and love. He came through. And we're thankful. God gave some of us BFFs. Just good friends we can hang with and spend time with. We're thankful. God gave some of us new jobs. New co-workers. New people we're working with. He's faithful. And we're thankful. And so God has given us his word. He promised the word. And we thank him for it. He gave us food. Some of y'all ain't lacking. He promised clothes. We thank him. For some of us, he had to be our counselor. We had to go to therapy. And we had to talk it through. God did what he promised. And we thank him. And so as we come before him, we thank him because some of us needed transportation. God gave you a new car. God gave you a money to, to catch Uber. You're getting to where you need to go. And for some, you started out saying, I need a new house. I need a place to live. We're thankful for his creation. We're thankful for his mountains. We're thankful for the world that he's put us in. We're thankful for all that God has done for us. But we're also thankful for the promises he gave when we come to him in worship. Thank him. Thank him for worship. We thank God for meeting us when we lifted our hands. You are here. Open doors he provided and we walked through this year. God opened the door, hallelujah, and we walked through it. God gave us love. God gave us a hug. God gave us a friend to stand next to and see the sunset. We thank him. We thank him. 
for a shoulder to lean on. We thank him for all the gatherings we shared with loved ones and friends and family where we clinked the glass together and we said, this is too, this is to our friendship. This is to what we mean together. We thank him as we go to break bread this week. We thank him for heaven. We thank him that we've got a mansion in glory. How about this? We thank him for the promotions in our life. We thank him for giving us a step up where we were standing on our own feet. We became somebody. We thank him. Ah, but we thank him for ministry. Yes. We thank God for breath for change. We thank God for a place to worship with other believers. He promised. We thank God for being able to exercise. We thank God for being able to be fit, to be well, to go outside, to breathe, to exercise, to be better at our doctor's orders. God promised to get us out of bed. And then he allowed us to have that moment of oneness with him and ourselves. Maybe on a mountain, a rock, a beach somewhere, we tapped into heaven and God touched us. And then we thank him for those silly, ridiculous moments where we laugh and act goofy. He promised to give us moments of laughter and joy. And collectively, we celebrate. But even still, he promised to bring us through our times of deepest sorrow and sadness. Some of us went through things we never thought we would ever experience. But we thank him. We thank him. We thank him for the brokenness. We thank him for the struggle. We were challenged. We were challenged beyond measure. But the future is ours. We can still look to what is ahead and say, I still have hope. These are things that we can thank God for. See your future. See your future. See your future with optimism. Because I know God did it in the past, I know he'll do it in the future. Future is ours. And so, beloved, I leave you with this passage. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. 
says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Take a moment to see that God's word will not return void. It will accomplish whatever he spoke it for. And so today, not one raindrop, not one snowflake falls to the ground without giving nourishment to the ground upon which it falls. In other words, God is not wasting his words on you. Sometimes when I water the grass a little bit, I think it won't make a difference because the grass is dying. But every little bit, not one raindrop, not one snowflake is without impact. So what is the small thing that God said to you? God said, maybe God said, I'm going to help you be better with patience. Just a small thing. I'm going to help you stop cussing. Small thing. If God spoke it, it will come to pass. And all I'm trying to get you to see this Thanksgiving season is that God is saying, not one word, not one phrase that he gives will hit your ears or your heart or your soul without accomplishing the purpose for which he said it. And so we thank God today because he always comes through. When I think about the Old Testament, my past, and recollect all the things he said and delivered on, I have to praise him. I'm thankful now for what happened yesterday and yesteryear. I'm thankful now for what happened yesterday because it reminds me he'll do it again. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He'll do it again. So let all God's people be thankful people. Stand to your feet and give thanks to the Lord for what he has done and for what he will do again. Somebody say, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Let's worship him.